0: What would you want so much that you would defy death like Strahd to either achieve it or possess it? Let's roll.
1: I got a 13. I got a 13. Oh, we got left left in. I got a 15. I got 8. I got a 2. Okay. All right, Terry, Terry, you're up.
0: What do I want so much that I would defy death? It just seems so lonely and awful. I think, um, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know if I want anything that much. I don't know if that's a shit answer, Dan. Am I allowed to say that? I mean, yeah, you're allowed to say that. What's yours? Whoever's going next.
1: Uh, For me, um, my family, man. Like, yeah, I It's the one thing keeping me going yeah. during COVID, during all that other stuff, all the other shit going on in the world right now. My family.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Now I feel bad that I didn't say that. Season two of Firefly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God. No. Yeah. Fair. No, I rescind my answer. Fuck my family. I want one, season two of Firefly. Is season
0: one good? Yes. Oh, God, Terry. Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. Welcome to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, the roundtable Dungeons and Dragons discussion where you never know what you're going to get. I am Terry, and with me are Dan and Adam, and today we are talking about Borovia. Borovia. What accent was that I used there, Dan? I don't know.
2: I uh, Dan won't know either. If, whatever Jamaican,
1: I think. Jamaican? So. All, they
0: all just end up Jamaican to me anyway, so. <laughs> whatever I think it was, I'm sure it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> Well, for those of you out there that are not familiar with Barovia, I'll spend the time during topic one to talk to you a little bit about Barovia, where it comes from, who's in there, some key players, and uh, and the general themes and mood. But but first of all, before we dive into that, right off the bat, are you two general fans of Barovia? Are you excited to be discussing Barovia? Is this one of those podcasts where you got to pretend you like it, like Druids? Dan, uh, oh, I'm getting put on the hot seat here. Hey, uh, uh, did you I say
2: Nazi. <laughs>
1: The Again? hot seat. I swear, the every hot podcast. Seat. Every podcast. You hear what you to... want to hear, uh, Terry. No, the the blonde hair, blue eye, Terry. The the, Terry. Um, the, the t- To be completely honest, Barovia bores me. Um, Shut up. With well, your... We're going to try
2: to change your mind then. Yeah, we're going to have to try, try to change my mind. mind.
1: Like we did on some of the druids. I'm, I'm more welcoming to some of the ideas of druids now. But uh, Would you say that your opinion is a little bit more druid? No. No, that, that was a bit of a stretch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyways, no. Uh, I, I. It's it's gloom for the sake of gloom, but it's not horror. It's just depression. It's not horror. It's just depression. Well, then and I, I don't
2: like the fucking Shadowfell in the first place. Okay. I, I don't like the Shadowfell in
1: the first place. Well, so, like, I, I if if you want to have gloom, depression anxiety, all that other stuff in
0: your campaign setting. Just come to Dan's basement. (laughs) (laughs) Which is where we sit for hours a week. Have a 15-minute conversation
1: with me me about my life. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus,
2: that got dark quickly. Adam? Oh, uh, no, I like Barovia. I really do. I like the fact that it is a small, contained setting where there are definitive players that you can dick around with and you can play it over and over and over again and it'll be different every single time. I've never heard of any two... Strahd campaigns that are exactly the same because Barovia itself is rich with opportunity.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, I know we're gonna talk about Barovia as a whole, but the Curse of Strad campaign is is railroady enough but also sandboxy enough that you can go off the fucking rails, but at least you'll stay generally with it. Strad will still be involved, is what I mean. <laughs> Whatever yeah. happens though. Okay, but let's talk about Barovia as a whole. So the Valley of Barovia is the oldest and best known of the Domains of Dread that I don't know too much about. I don't know if you guys have... The it. Domains
2: of Dread, as far as I understand, are just um, these pocket dimensions, these demi-planes that exist just off of the Shadowfell. Yeah. Right,
0: okay, okay. So and, uh, and Barovia was originally a location in the Forgotten World of the Prime Material Plane, and the entire valley was transported to the Shadowfell uh, by mists controlled by evil entities known as the dark powers
2: which i like because they are so poorly defined in all dnd right there's yeah. just nothing but it's like the powers that be <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and the realm is is quite famously known as a prison for the dark lord of the vampire strad von Zarovik, i yes. like to say it. i know we like our vitch no. type words in north america no
2: uh, it's it's, it's Dan's gonna struggle through every pronunciation. There's cause...
0: a
1: there is a bunch of pronunciations in the Curse of Strahd book and in Barovia, as a whole, that I am just. Bad. <laughs> he, he used to call it Barovia. <laughs> I still struggle. Is it Valaki? Valakai. Hey,
0: Valakai. I th- I think it's Valakai, but I listened to a dice camera action with Chris Perkins. I've told you two guys this, and I heard him say it three different ways. So, yeah. yeah. If Perkins doesn't know, none of us do. Uh, okay, we'll talk a little bit about the geography then. So, almost the entire valley uh, consists of densely forested, rough terrain with sheer cliffs and outcroppings. A uh, few areas are easily traversable, and it's always dangerous to stay off the road. Winters are usually very long and bitter in Borovia. Uh, the sky of Borovia is permanently overcast with storm clouds. Even during the brightest hours of the day, light is unnaturally muted and dimmed and does not affect normal normally sensitive creatures such as vampires in many locations the mist partially or completely obscure vision
2: but this is just
0: fucking london right like, yeah that's true yeah yeah
1: it it it, it is brothers grim fabled fairy tale feel
0: and you to don't it. like that i like that
1: i uh, brothers grim leans heavy into the horror right
2: this
0: fell flat in that regard. In my that opinion. might
2: have simply been your version of it because there was a lot of horror in it when we ran through it. Yeah, so,
0: I, will, I know later on we'll talk about different ways to run um, uh, campaigns. And, like and I still have
2: nightmares about how Pepperina ran through Barovia. So. No, that's <laughs> a, di- <laughs> that's <there>. a different <laughs> reason <laughs> entirely. This is
0: why I like that joke. A lot of li- different variables in the world had to happen for Adam to be able to make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> and if you know the campaign we're talking about... It's on the internet, so. we're, we're
2: sorry. Please step back to therapy. We've triggered you. <laughs> uh,
0: much of the lower hill forests uh, throughout Bar- Barovia are made up of hardwood trees such as beech, cherry, hazel, and oak. If you're interested in the trees, in Barovia. I am. Uh, but higher elevations, the predominant trees were evergreens such as fir, pine, and spruce. I went very into detail. Thank you. This, I appreciate I'm you. At it. I, like, I'm
1: kind of upset that you're laughing through skip, it, but like
0: skip, the higher
1: skip. the higher trees are the soft <laughs> trees, the lower trees are the hard trees. That makes no sense.
0: Okay. Barovia is ruled by Strahd. Um, Dan's
2: used to lumbering through the woods.
0: <laughs> who's known by the general population as the Devil Strahd. Most inhabitants are aware of Strahd as being a vampire. His ruling style is that he's mostly through proxy as he's made very few public appearances. Uh, and the duties of tax collection and law enforcement and, and those types of general rulings are usually done by the village burgomasters. Um, which you'll see featured in the Curse of Strahd campaign or other minions that he has. Um, however Strahd hold is... Hold on, hold
2: on, hold on. i got to pause here. This is refreshing, and it's refreshing for a couple of reasons here. One, I just like that there's a politician that's not full of himself. There's no ego at play there. No. Right? Look at me with my grand um, speeches and shit. That's not oh, Strahd.
1: Uh, yeah, there's no
2: ego on display. There's plenty of ego behind Strahd. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think that he's full of himself, but he's not He's not in it for the power. He already has it. He does not need to wield his his iron fist over. He's already done it. Yeah. right he has i mean yes we're going to hit spoiler territory for the curse of strahd and i'm sure i'm jumping ahead on shit sure. but he killed argenvost right, right? He, he, he owns this place it's yeah. named after his mother and father right like this is his domain you, there's no posturing here and a lot of times i think people will play especially a vampire as posturing and egotistical and whatnot and I don't think that he's egotistical. I think he's just confident. I think he just knows that he's the best because he has been.
0: <laughs> well, cuz he's never been challenged, I guess. Right? Or and every
2: time he was challenged, he won. He Fair defied one. death and he managed to keep everyone in his realm for as long as he wants to do it. Like yeah. he is just he he thinks he's the best cuz he fucking is.
0: I love Strahd, personally. Um but well, okay, well, let's touch a little bit on the history then. Of, uh, of Barovia, so originally part of the world in the ma- in the prime material plane, like I said, sometime before the 11th century DR, what you two fucking nerds must know what that means.
2: Okay, so that's about 400 years ago. Okay,
0: Barovia was conquered by the then human general Strad and his army. It was later He was later transported to the Shadowfell, as was the uh, realm of Barovia, uh, by the tar- dark powers as a consequence of a pact struck with Strad to grant him eternal life. The pact involved the murder of his brother Sergei von Zarovic so that Strahd could take Sergei's wife Tatiana, remember that name, it's important, with whom he had fallen madly in love, of course. The pact inadvertently caused the death of Tatiana and ended up turning Strahd into a vampire and imprisoning him within the realm. It remained the only domain of dread for nearly two centuries until other realms started joining in.
1: I just like the fact that the the quote unquote Dark Lords were like, Hey Strahd, kill your brother, you'll get his wife. Uh gotcha! Yeah, <laughs> right. Now you're trapped inside of
2: our realm and you get to be our puppet. I think, it was, uh, okay, in all honesty, though, it, it's better than that, right? Like, this is why you think there's no horror in it, but that was him literally tempted by dark powers from beyond his comprehension. And he gave into the. This is Hellraiser level temptation. He was promised everything that he wanted, and he was probably promised, like, she'll no longer be with your brother. And you'll, oh, okay, yeah, I'm into that. But and then they pull the rug out, you will be doomed for all eternity to live without her. Right. Right? Like, I—that that is some nefarious shit oh, going on. You could make it really dark. You really and could, I like so. like good
0: dark campaign. Okay, well, as a player and as... Let's get a rolling dice. As a player and as a DM, I'll let you guys answer both at the same time. Does this does this interest you? At all, Dan?
2: Okay, let's roll. I got a natural one. I got a 17. I also got a 17. Let's roll again.
0: Thank you. I got a 10. I, got, I also got a natural one. Okay. Right, you're up first, Terry. <laughs> uh, yeah, it do, as a player, first of all, yeah, it definitely does interest me. Um, the All of the tension, the gothic horror, the misery, the gloom, it calls for an incredibly challenging campaign. And I think you can play Curse of Strahd as being very deadly. I think as long as you're prepared for that, um, you can, it can be very deadly, but you can also enjoy it because it's a lower level campaign. I think by the book, it maxes out at level 10. Are you looking for it? Yeah. Dave has it. Son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> I think it, it maxes out at level 10. I'm going to pause for a second because I have it in my back. 11, I believe. So if you like, if you enjoy that type of campaign, which I know, Dan, you don't seem to lean that way too much, phrasing Terry, um, it, it it could be great. And I personally love it because I like a lot of gloom and misery and real hard, yeah. real hard emotion. As a DM? As a DM, I love, I love it as well, but for different reasons. It. It, it allows time to work on skills that DMs may not be working on. It's a challenging campaign. It's challenging to maintain the tone, to maintain tension, to play with players' emotions, to practice contrast, because it can't all be doom and gloom. You need to put in elements of humor with Strahd in order for the doom and gloom and the horror to be effective. Yeah. If It's just, it's just like any horror movie, right? If it's just always like that, yeah. it's not going to work. But it can be very role-play heavy, and it can be very exploration heavy. But on the flip side... It's a very safe campaign to run due to you how restricted it is in location. It's railroady enough that you basically just follow the track from one village to another branch off right to go to Castle Ravenloft, but it's sandboxy enough that you can actually cover quite a large area. It's like Skyrim. It's like you got to stay in a bit smaller than Skyrim then. A little bit smaller. About 10% <laughs> of the size of Skyrim. Yeah, but, yeah, it's significantly smaller idea, than, right? than Skyrim. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, look, I I love the fact that it has physical boundaries. You are not just fucking off down the coast somewhere, right. right? I like the idea that you can go into the woods and you will just wander lost, possibly for eternity. I and then I would just have them pop up in another part of right.
0: Barovia, like Pac-Man.
2: Yeah, kind of. Only I wouldn't have it make sense. Yeah, right. Like they step out in the middle of a grove in the middle of a town square somewhere, right? Like, or they're suddenly behind the windmill. Yeah, or, like that. yeah. Right. So it, it's time and space don't make sense beyond the borders of. And there's a lot of really cool shit. What we're not talking about, what we didn't touch on, is the fact that people don't have fucking souls in here. Right. And that is a big, big factor. What does that mean? And the book doesn't even really get into it that deep. It talks about how they act, but what does that mean from like a religious standpoint? I forget
0: the ratio, because it's not everybody. It's either 9 out of 10 don't have souls, or 9 out of 10 do have souls. But I, I forget if it's 10% or 90% don't. But if, I think
1: it's 90% don't have souls. Don't have souls, Because the essence of Barovia, this this demi-plane nature, saps their souls from them over time. But then they
0: get get visitors, right? Which probably would have... Yes, right?
1: And it's the people that are coming new uh, that that bring the fresh food, the fresh meat for this plane to chew
2: up. The, The way that I saw it as well is that when someone dies, the souls are reincarnated because you can never leave Barovia. Which means as more people are born... Let's say that you have two people that have three kids one of those kids doesn't get a soul when those two people die. Right? right. Like so there's a finite number of souls in Barovia and more and more population was how I, I ran across I like it as that, well. Yeah, I like so, that. So but you could play it both ways. Like there are a lot of different ways to play it. I, also the idea that souls get lost in the mid in the mists and whatnot as well. When people go for a walk, they just never come back or they come back different and hollow and upset. Yeah. You breathe in the mists too much in the woods and, and it saps your life essence from you there's a lot of cool shit that goes on in barovia i gotta say i i like it for the fact that wherever you look there is another gothic horror trope and without getting into it too much because spoilers and whatnot i mean the windmill yeah right the fact that everybody
0: knows it's a fairy that, tale right yeah
2: yeah everybody knows that there are werewolves running around but it's a little bit more in depth than that we also have the uh vistani mm-hmm. who are problematic for a couple of racist reasons, but <laughs> but they're real. Uh, what, on the halfling episode, I said it would have been really cool if Vistani been halflings. It right. thematically fits with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the their nomadic way of going about it, and you could have just used halfling culture, and you didn't have to go racist gyps- uh, gypsy, <laughs> yeah. Gyps- like, style, fuck. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I, I really I like so much uh, about it. Like, and it's not just you only have three communities. Mm-hmm. You have a temple here, and uh, and you know Argenvoss Holt over there, and the castle Raymlof. But there, are, there are two towns and a village. Yeah. yeah, that's what you get to play with. So when your players, when your goddamn murder hobos burn down the the village, they can't go. There's not another village, guys. You done fucked up. Yeah, like this is it. You're screwed.
0: Yeah, it's a great place actually to teach murder hobos that lesson. I remember when I ran it. It was getting a bit murder hobo-y at one point. And I just simply put wanted posters up, as though that had never happened in DD before. Why are these people not wanted? And it, it kind of led into the next little part of the story. Yeah. Arc. But it's it's very easy as a DM, I think, to regain control because it's not that big.
1: When you have that uh, limitation of the outside border and the inability to leave, your ability as a DM to come forward and be like, okay, guys, no, we need to twist this and get you back for lack of a better turn of phrase on the tracks right to get you back in the narrative is unmatched in the other wizards products for like that that equal this right Yeah, like, when
2: you look at waterdeep you can get distracted by pimping out your ride right like right. you can you could do yeah. anything in dragon heist yeah you can't really do anything in in no Bro, and, and like Astrod. you
1: can wander the woods aimlessly in chult forever
2: but There's no real
1: way for the DM to be like, okay, guys, let's pull you back on track. You're going to lose the amount of things you can pull on to do that within uh, Tomb of Annihilation. And Curse of Strahd is made for a new DM who wants to run a longer-term campaign.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Um, Adam, as a player, do you want to play in Curse of Strahd again?
2: I have a lot... If I'm going to play in Curse of Strahd, I need to play with like-minded people that... I always hear about the people that make... I mean, Megan is playing Rainbow Bright in Curse of Strahd right now. She's dancing around Barovia in one of her other campaigns. and um, Which I, in my head, consider secondary campaigns. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> but um, she is she's running around as Rainbow Bright. That thematically doesn't fit for... Right. And it's fine. She's breaking the mold. She's, you know... Trying new things. Sure. I want to play the priest... And the and and the Holy Knight and the um, Robin Hood character that come in like the medieval kind of like you're up against the wall you're fighting these guys. I don't like the idea of being able to cast wish. Yeah, I don't want people that are like, well, I can see into the future and I know that. No, no, no. Don't give me an artificer. Don't give me a druid here. Even like, give me a. I don't know. I think give a druid, me a fighter. I think the traditional, um,
1: the traditional. Players handbook classes all fit in very well. Once you start branching out beyond that to even the options presented in Xanathars, that's where you get
0: problems. Oh, yeah. the, the
2: subclasses? Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like it Curse of Strahd really does feel like it's made for the basic players' handbook, which is why you said it before, it's great for a beginner group, right? 100%. To play an
1: extended campaign. If you have run Minds of Fandelver and then are wondering what to do after you run the starter kit. Going into Curse of Strahd is a brilliant yeah,
0: idea. it really is. And and you can have a really fun game with the core classes. Don't think in yeah. the core races. Don't think you have to branch out too far from that fit to be good. It, it's going to be phenomenal. Well, you just mentioned a priest, and you got me thinking. I'd love Curse of Strahd, where there's two players, an old priest and a young priest. Yeah. It would be phenomenal. Yeah, yeah that would be, be a lot of fun. And they're yeah. sleeping
2: together. Yeah, they're lovers. Yeah. It's, well, why not? Dan, yeah. I'd like to propose something. Because
0: <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's his sugar father. We can't make that joke. They started it okay (laughs) anyways uh as a player
1: i i want to play in barovia again as a player he would administer the loop is that (laughs) (laughs) gross um i would want to play in barovia again um with a like-minded serious group that doesn't need the brevity yeah Um, and
2: that's kind of what i meant like as a player i want to play it I want to explore this from a dark perspective. I want to play a Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yes. I don't want to play the Buffy movie. Now, yeah, that 100%. being
1: that being said, I think you hit the nail on the head uh, really well, Terry, when you said there needs to be some um, lightness to the campaign to make the darkness feel yeah. contrast more dark. Yeah. Right? And I agree that for a campaign of people who are serious about playing Curse of Strahd, who want to play... Uh, intriguing compelling thematically appropriate characters that would be a lot of fun i would love to do that problem is most of the tables i play at cannot maintain that for very long before it's all dick and fart jokes right and and that's just
0: yeah i'm gonna run the shit out of this campaign Dan.
1: right and i that's that's the thing i would love to have you terry run it because you are very focused on role play right and that is that is something that you do very very well and i'm not just talking about dungeons and dragons and i want to do it at a table with adam because yeah i do no i want to do it at a table with adam because adam is also very very good at getting into the headspace of a character and propelling an entire group towards a you know like goal to maintain that atmosphere at the table right right having that kind of idea would be a lot of fun to to experience this I never want to run Barovia. I never want to run Curse of Strahd myself mm. because I don't think I have the chops to do it the justice that I know as a player I
0: would want it to have.
2: I don't know, right. man. You handle um, Call of Cthulhu
1: yeah, really well. Yeah, Call,
0: Call of Cthulhu is dark, and especially the, the game I played in where you run it, it was dark.
1: Well, I, I would start throwing in my own things, but that's because there's a difference in my mind between the horror of undeath and the horror of the old gods and the, and the alien. Right. For some reason or other, I could handle the horror of the alien in my mind far
2: better than I can handle the horror of undeath in narrative storytelling. You can oh okay. As as a DM you can handle it better. As a DM I can handle it better. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm all about the slow atrophy of eternity. I think that is horrible and it is time is the enemy in reality and it, it being able to put that into stark contrast would be amazing.
1: I am actively planning a campaign that has a hard limit of uh, sessions that is all about entropy and doing that is hard for my brain. So like I keep on having to like, no, that's a dumb idea. Put this in. No, that's a dumb idea. Put this right. in. And like, I'm looking for uh, like, I flip through the source to find out other words for entropy. So like, it's it it's it's a challenge for me to
2: do, which is why I wouldn't want to run Barovia. I, I have to say... Curse of Strad aside, would you guys run a campaign in Barovia without Strad? Would no. you run? Would you run a sequel to Curse of Strad? A homebrew sequel?
0: I don't know if I'd run it. would maybe a sequel, but I would run either a one-shot or a smaller campaign within Barovia. You can do. You can do like level one, two, three stuff in Barovia, like yeah. you said. Strad doesn't really show up. Often, unless you're the group that's planning to get to level ten and goes in and starts fucking shit up, and for some reason lands in Barovia and decides that they're going to try and kill Strahd. If that's not your intention, okay, yeah. all right,
2: yeah. If you want to go fuck around with Baba Yaga, yeah, right. That and that's your campaign for six levels. Why? Why not? Right? Exactly.
0: Because like, you could go down a whole different way. Exactly. You could focus very much on the witches of yeah. Barovia, right? You know, all the zombies. You don't need you to go. Could, over the you vampires. could do an
1: entire campaign about argonbost Yep. Yeah. Right. Like and and an entire level 20 campaign about Argenvoss. I think you could make that work. So...
0: I, yeah. You could fight a silver dragon then, couldn't you, Then if you went back in history?
2: I absolutely... Idea. I absolutely love the idea. You guys just just sparked this for me. I love the idea of you running a level 1 to 20 homebrew campaign where you touch on the places. You go to Waterdeep, you meet the fucking Mad Mage. You you interact with Xanthar, it's all homebrew, and then... Your players can be like, that was really cool. We want to do the, the dragon heist. But no, hold on. We're going to go wander through Barovia first, and we're going to go take over. Someone's going to get bitten by a werewolf. we got to go solve the lycanthropy and Barovia for a little while. Then we end up in Chult, and we're going through, and, and we fight the ice giants in Chult, and that breaks the ordering So Storm King's Thunder. And then when you're all done, you say, hey, you guys have got a little taste of flavor of absolutely everything. Right. Which one do you want to do?
0: Where are we going? Yeah. yeah. So, like,
2: do a,
1: here's a Dungeons & Dragons survey class where for the next six months, five times a week,
2: we're going to be doing this. Because there's so much
1: that's now But, out. But
2: you just, you just, you go into Baldur's Gate, you meet a handful of people, and as you leave, Baldur's Gate disappears. Right. Right? Like, you can find ways to, because they don't need to play those same characters. They will then play characters that are in Baldur's Gate when it descends into Avernus, right? So, but you are giving the hey look at all of these different events that are happening.
1: You could do this much the same way as is it is presented in uh, Tales of the Yawning Portal, where your party is playing people who are, or uh, your party is playing the characters presented in a story to their core party in the Yawning Portal bar.
2: I just think that. Barovia would stand out as being so unique compared to the others. Right. Just just not only thematically, but you have opportunities for just low-level, undead, crazy shit. Y- you get the odd specter in every campaign, but I mean, you deal with ghosts in Barovia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You deal with the haunting past of, of generations gone by, and everyone has gnarled, knobby knuckles in Barovia. Yeah. Name a dance sex tape. So, Gnarled Nobby Knuckles? Yeah. That's hard nope, to say. No, no, no. Name of Dan's, uh... The actor. Yeah, Dan the, the actor. Man. Yeah. that That's a character Dan plays. Nobby Knuckles.
0: Nobby Knuckles would be a character that you would play. Be like In a, a, porn a
2: porn film? Like, where are we going with no, no, no,
0: forget the porn film. I mean, that could be part <laughs> of his backstory. Sure, everybody's got to make money. But, like a drunk monk type of thing. Or like a tavern brawler.
2: Yeah, Knobby Knuckles? No, he's a fucking gnome artificer with Knobby Knuckles. Sure, that's true. That's Dan. I'm, I'm I'm on board with the idea of a gnome artificer. Of course you are. Terry, what else do we have? Let's get back on track. Well, Let's, right now Dan we have a commercial
0: and then we'll come back and talk about some other stuff. <laughs> all right.
2: Hello, all you beautiful people out there in internet land. This is Adam. And I just wanted to take a quick second to do a little shout out for our friends over at Diabolical Dungeoneer. Uh, you can check them out. They do all sorts of great uh, 3D printing and some unique minis and some terrain and stuff. They're fantastic. And we have talked about them in the past on the podcast. But they gave us this really badass, awesome, large-sized mimic. Uh, it it just looks creepy as all hell. It's not painted. Our version of it uh, hasn't been painted yet. But we're going to take a picture of it anyway and throw it up on Instagram so you guys can take a look. But it is phenomenal. We'd like to say thank you for this this little gift that you've given us of this crazy mimic because it frankly in my opinion it looks a little bit like Terry. So you let me know in the comments on the picture on Instagram who you think it looks like. The backup answer that might also be correct is Brad when he laughs. Check it out. Uh, They are at uh, Diabolical Dungeoneer and they are one of the places online that we look at for our minis that we love to support and they're just they're just lovely individuals with great customer service so you'll check them out again that's diabolical dungeoneer and they've got a website with the www dot at the front and a com at the end so uh you can check the show notes here for their website or you can go check out our instagram uh, we'll write it in there as well of course we can't link it but well you know how the internet works all right back to the episode
0: Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about some of the uh, some of the creatures or some of the uh, the, the races that we'll see uh, w- w- within Barovia. Barovia, for example, is where we see dusk elves. We see the appearance of dusk elves. Yep. We see a lot of lycanthropes, and we also see what does that say? This is from my cousin, Phantom Warrior. Just a, a recipe card that says Phantom Warrior, just placed next to the page that says Phantom Warrior, as though that's helping. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, there's a, there's a lot in lot. I your, think I was going to do something with this uh, three I, years ago. Yep. <laughs> um, and then there's also the uh, uh, questionably named uh, mongrel folk. Um, but what we'll do is we'll roll. I'd like you guys to talk about uh, a race or a creature that you find within Barovia that you very much like. Maybe a favorite and one that you very much don't like. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I got a nine. I got a natural one.
2: I got a five. That's two natural ones for okay. you, man.
0: Uh, I'll talk about one that I really like. I really like uh the Were Ravens. Yeah. If you find? Yeah, cuz I know that we have we have werewolves, but I dived when I ran Strata, dived real deeply into the Were Ravens. They became a huge part of the campaign um as I re- recall... Uh, uh, conducting an aerial assault on Castle Ravenloft dropping barrels of holy water onto a horde of zombies but I mean you run Strad however you want to do whatever you want yeah. I remember consulting with Adam going do we have a mechanic for dropping barrels of holy water from uh, 800 feet up and
2: I just happened to say well yep yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Give me one minute. <laughs> yeah, I I can do this. Uh, but I yeah, I like the different type of lycanthropes and the wear ravens. When you you see them, there it's it's like the Power Rangers in that if you look close enough, you can figure out which Power Ranger they are. They have like typically they have like black feathers in their hair and they're a little bit gothy. Um, but but I I like them as an addition uh to to cursor Stride and barovia because if you're a newer dm and it, now it's permission to get experimental with lycanthropes and to go down maybe a, a not so usual um kind of alleyway with that uh that i think leads to more confidence with uh with races npcs and creatures
2: mm-hmm. yeah do you want to run through all of the ones we like the best and then all the sure. ones we don't like let's do
0: that whoever's going next uh
2: that was me i really liked uh bubble saga's creeping hut
0: yeah, we never when when I ran it, we we never got to that. We got We, we with never the dealt with same her. With,
1: same with
2: me. Yeah, uh, we we dealt with her. We did not go to her house. She was always in the next room that we didn't deal with.
0: That's true. Yeah, yeah I, I wrote her into the campaign. It's just like you say, she was always next room. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it, it, you go right or left. She's waiting right. We went left every time. Yeah. So at the end, I think you just killed her in a cutscene. Yeah. And that was it. And that was the end of it. And so I I like the idea of the creeping hut just because I like Baba Yaga's hut on chicken legs, right? And so that's just a fun piece of imagery for me. And the fact that it gives you fucking stats in the book for this as well, because it's an animated object, is really neat and really fun. And honestly, I want to see more shit like that. I know that they're promising in the new book in um, Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, they are promising some mechanics and how to run a village where everything is a mimic. Oh, oh yes, God. please. However, I hope that they mean fucking everything down through the cobblestones on the paths and the houses and structures themselves. I want to see a well step up out of the ground where the like the stone circle that is the well yeah. just grows teeth and it like moves over to to the side. There's a whole fucking stick body underneath of it as it stands up. Like I want shit to get horrifyingly weird. As you cannot trust anything. I love the movie The Thing. Where you cannot trust a single person in there. I want to see something where you cannot trust
0: anything. Mm, that would be great. Yeah. And then you can be fighting mimics from the inside. You know, yeah. If it's buildings or under bridges or something. Yeah. How Normal. would you
2: do that? Everything's so sticky.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: That's name of damn sex
1: tape. <laughs> that ends so with sticky. a question mark. Everything's so sticky? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, for me, my favorite are the Brovian, which is... Um, the main reason why I love the Barovian witches so much is because they are CR half, um, which means for a uh, low, they're a mob monster with fucking second level spells. Like it's it's
0: absolutely bonkers. Would you the leave them that, they that they way? Could. Would you beef them up a bit so they're a little no bit-
1: man? No, I I the fact that we have a CR half, and I mean they play CR half. The armor class is ten. Like you, a strong breeze is gonna is gonna knock these things over. But to have a whole low-level arc of a, like, two-session arc uh, in a campaign of this coven of witches and being able to actually produce, like, these are the low-level initiates, the traditional, like, broom-flying witches, yeah, man, I'm, I'm down with that. And then to be able to pair those with hags. I view these as incredibly low-level, low-difficulty hags, which is a thing that I have felt has been missing in D&D. Mm-hmm. So
2: the Barovian Witches scratches an itch for me. I'm always complaining that there's not enough high-level hags, which, I mean, honestly, she's a drow matron mother anyway. So Yeah. Because they're low. Let's like, 21 or 23 or something. Right. Like a yeah. fucking drow. But, no, the I have to agree. These things are absolutely amazing. And, yeah, they're a CR half. And you know what that means? I'm going to use the action economy against you motherfuckers. Yeah. You, you've you killed two of them. That's great. And now you turn the corner and there's nine more.
1: And they Someone's have freaking
2: ray of sickness, sleep, and very
1: thematic. Tash's hideous laughter. Yeah. S- right? Sleep's
2: powerful. Sleep's it's
1: in be incredibly powerful. Yeah. And, and they've got fucking second level spell slots. So here they are blowing, what is that, 7d8? I'm pretty
2: sure there's spell slots in this.
0: Oh, Dave, write that down as like a gothic porno idea.
2: Dan just closed the book. He's done. (laughs) All right, what's the one that you like the least then, Terry? What do
0: I like the least? I'm going to say, and probably for different reasons than than somebody else, but I don't like the Mongol folk because when I I've read through Cursor Strata a couple of times... I felt like they were just being jammed in there. I felt like it, I couldn't make it fit the theme of what I was trying to do. And they have a lot of things to them. You can roll for different attributes to mongol Mongo folk. But they seem very like body horror type stuff that doesn't seem to fit with the, the grim fairy tale type horror. I just felt like they were being jammed in there and I didn't understand why. I agree with that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they were really an afterthought. Yeah. Did we even run into them?
0: No, I didn't include them. Yeah. I'm not interested in this.
2: Um, mine, honestly, I don't give a fuck about about vampire spawn. I think they just, they serve a weird purpose. I wish that they had better rules for lycanthropy and vampirism, right? If you're going to include players being able to be turned into vampires, you should fucking include it, right? Put some thought into it and don't just have two different tiers of what a vampire is. Right. And I mean, it's a, it's a major factor in the Curse of Strahd campaign. There are vampire spawn that are walking around all the time. But we have such more interesting vampires out of Ravnica, mm-hmm. which are at different CR levels that are between the vampire spawn. Like, it's weird the vampire spawn or CR, I don't know. And then Strahd is CR 15. Then there's nothing in the fucking middle, right? Yeah. Like, yep. I really want there to be something. I want there to be tiers of vampires, so you need to know what you're getting into. And you can have them be bestial at the beginning and slowly gain a certain amount of class and panache and whatnot, so they can be the... The giant popped collar, flowing cape vampire. Like, they if get you want, stronger
0: over time. Sure, than and, a they, and vampire. they
2: get their intelligence and they can strategize and they learn and sure, sure. But there's a big gap between the hissing little fucking zombie-looking motherfucker in the corner, yeah, and Strahd,
0: yeah. I agree. What do you, what do you think the mongo folk have where you can roll for attributes? Do you, and I feel like if you were to go like the Anne Rice style vampire, I feel like that suits the vampires as well. They may have telekinesis or they can fly or detect thoughts or something. I, yeah,
2: it would be really cool. Taste. I I yeah. would Yeah, I would think that it would be really cool for you to list like the 10 or 12 attributes. Every vampire gets three on the list and one of the following weaknesses as well. Everyone gets sunlight. Right. Right. But the idea that a stake to the heart will just kill this one. Whereas it will just incapacitate others while they're in their crypt, mm-hmm. right? Or these ones cannot cross um, running water. Or these ones are perceptible to silver. Or, or a crucifix or a holy symbol will make them flee, yeah. right? And so each vampire is slightly different. And you know what? No. I changed my answer. I want that through fucking family trees of vampires. I also want that if you kill the master, all of the other ones beneath it turn to dust. Okay. Ooh.
1: Um... Adam, you're gonna hate this because I'm gonna bring up another tabletop RPG that I've played excessively, which is Vampire the Masquerade. It's a sex thing. We've established. It's not this a on sex that. thing. It's not and a sex I thing.
0: I would make that a sex thing within 30 seconds. I have, I've already
1: made that a sex thing. <laughs> I hate you both. Anyways, so uh, this idea of targeting—do
2: they have vampires that are marching, saying, "We will not wear the masquerade on City Hall"? This is this that the masquerade is infringing upon my freedoms. No, no, no. <laughs> okay,
1: actually, me. Maybe there's there is a there we'll is a brood in. there is a brood of uh, vampires who hate the masquerade, which is the thing that needs to be maintained so that vampires stay hidden from the daylight world. That's that's why it's called Vampire the Masquerade. Anyways, it's weird that you have to play with your nipples when you talk about this. Uh, no, it's not. You get used to it after a while. Anyways, um, there is a whole uh, uh, fucking. I, that's not the word to pause on with you two. There is a whole. Uh, story thread within the entire thing of Vampire the Masquerade of um, the uh, assuming the essence of your sire and those who came before you in your bloodline are more important and more powerful and uh, the the hierarchy and positional uh, uh positionality of uh, your rank within your family is incredibly important. Um, doing that, but with D&D and Strahd with different families of vampires that have different traits, different flaws, different abilities, um, sounds amazing. And I would love to do that.
0: Yeah. You can make it good. Make it work.
2: I'm thinking about the family trees and the sires and whatnot. How come no one's talking about the fact that Strahd is a fan of polygamy? Why is no one bringing this up? Well, again, I guess I put like... Is Strahd
0: Mormon? Polyamory, do you mean polyamory? Well, he's got three wives, right? Isn't that the goal? That's polygamy. That's how we did it. I don't know if that's by the book. I just threw that in as like... Oh, did you? <laughs> oh, okay.
1: So that's that's Terry projecting onto Strahd. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so is, why does
2: nobody talk about the fact that Terry's a fan of polygamy? <laughs> uh,
1: so my least favorite thing in here is also kind of one of my favorite things, and it's Piddlewick II.
0: Um, Again, didn't come up when I read it, but yes. Yeah. So
1: Piddlewick II is a cursed doll... That is uh, incredibly reminiscent of a fantasy Chucky. I fucking love the Chucky movies. Um, That's surprising. And and the concept of the Chucky movies. It's
2: weird that you don't even know what they're called. What are they called, Dan?
1: Uh, The Chucky movies? Yeah. Bride of Chucky? Chucky? Child's Play? There it is.
2: There it is. Child's Play 1, 2, and 3 before before they went just fucking wank fest with the... (laughs) With yeah, the, they really did. Yeah, it was. I great.
1: I really like eighty slasher flicks though. So like they they there's just a lot of boobs in those. They're yes, fourteen year old Dan oh loved gosh. them for a different reason.
0: Which one? Which movies would they be in?
1: <laughs> Specific <laughs> specifically which ones? Um, but my main reason for hating Piddlewick isn't because he's an animated doll. Isn't because he just wants to find someone to love him. And when he's frustrated, he does bad things. It's he's a CR quarter, and I want him to be scarier than that. I want him to be this so, horrible,
2: little, doll-like assassin. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take all of his size and personality and everything else. I'm going to put it on the merit stats. Mm. That's a little excessive. Is it? Yes. On the merit? Yes. Is it? <laughs> like CR25 or something. Yes, yeah, some such <laughs> shit. It's got an auto-hit. <laughs> Cannot-miss attack. Yeah. yeah. So, right. um, I, I love the flavor of
1: Piddlewick. Um, I would really like to see like the gremlins version of Piddlewick where he got wet after midnight or he fed him after midnight or got wet and thus became a murderous like assassin who just killed everyone in one of the
0: villages or was on the rampage. I would I would make him uh, a friend of the party or that yeah starts off you know what parties are like starts off friendly everybody loves him wants to keep him he's got a funny voice that's so good and then he just starts going a little bit too far. Okay, peddlewick we didn't need to stab her, did we?
1: Uh, yeah, a rumor starts going around of people dying shortly after they hear the jingling of bells. Yeah. Right? And it's just his little, like, jester hat Yeah,
2: jingling before he shanks them with a cardboard tube. I would tube. use these guys as, all right, so note to other people, I know that this is the Barovia episode, but when it comes time to run a Christmas special for your D&D party, oh, have, yeah. have about a dozen of these guys dicking around in the background. 100%. Yeah.
0: And look forward to that. Who's left? Is that it?
2: That was yeah. That's it.
0: That's what you liked, right? No, that's. No, what that's what like. we didn't
2: like. That's what you didn't like. Can I also say that I don't like Strahd? No, how dare you say Look, that? But like mechanically, you I, I actually really like him from a thematic standpoint. <laughs> yes, because I don't, I don't think he's a, he's a megalomaniac that everyone makes him out to be. I just think that he is so good at what he does. He made a deal with the devil, and he has to live with it for eternity. And he justifies it the only way he can. And he rolls an iron fist, right? And so on and so forth. To me, he's really aloof. However, mechanically speaking, he's kind of a bag of shit. Yeah, he's a, he's a pushover.
0: Yeah, he definitely needs... I mean, I minions. know that... It can go bad quickly I, for I Strzok. know that it's,
2: it's a 1 to 10 campaign and he's a CR, what, 15? CR 15 and he's got a full page entry. Right, so there's a lot of shit he can do. But as we all know, you don't actually get past round 4 in combat.
0: Yeah, he needs, he needs minions.
2: Well, he's got legendary actions, which more than makes up for it, right? Like, that... What he can do is overkill for a for a level ten party. He is fucking dangerous. You have to line up everything in your favor in order to take him out. But I don't know anyone that's fought Strahd and lost. Right. Every campaign they kill Strahd. I've 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 heard of people who just get wiped out by him. Really? Oh yeah. Good because he should be that scary. Well,
1: it's also the thing that he has the uh, the possibility of appearing in session
2: one right in front of your party.
0: Yeah. But that's what right? I like as well. I I love Strahd for that. Because I yeah, get to be, do creepy roleplay stuff. He could be
2: CR twenty two and do that though. There's no reason why he, he has to be, you know, within five levels of the party to swing his dick around, right? Like yeah. he could really show up later and be and be scary badass to the point where he's stomping around going, I am so fucking amazing. Even when you are in your last encounter. And be like, How do we take him out? How do we do this? And I don't know if it's just it's, it's, he's not scary enough. I want, I want more from Strahd. Right. Considering that he is, I'm going to go out on a limb here, potentially the most famous of the 5th edition bad guys.
0: I'd say so. Uh, I'd make an
2: argument for Tiamat, but that's it. That's the only one I think. Xanathar. Most people aren't even aware that he is a bad guy because they gave him a book. If you don't, if you're not familiar with Waterdeep and you just read Xanathar's Guide to Everything, a lot of people what think he a What about a
0: No. The, only no. With the, I don't think with the casual offense. Yeah, the casual is no Strahd.
1: Well the thing is Strahd has been the focus of video games. He's been the focus of multiple His name's uh, in the title, man. He's a titular character of this one. Yeah. Right? And Strahd, I also got to say titular. Strahd
0: needs character. a regional effects, I think. From if he's in he Well is not, not Barovia, Barovia is. Barovia
1: is a regional effect of Strahd.
0: No, but he needs like regional effect, like initiative twenty. Oh yeah. Oh he happens. needs Lair effects, is what you Lair yeah. mean. Yeah. Lair, actions, excuse me. yeah. Lair actions.
2: So I don't know, I, I don't like, mechanically I don't like Strad. thematically I, I love him, but um, I think all of his minions are a little weak too, like mm-hmm. his lieutenants, his Rahadine and Rahadeen
0: and- is another one that's supposed to be terrifying. But then when it comes down to it, you're like, okay, we could probably deal with this guy pretty quick. This no, is, you, this is, you shank Rahadi in a closet. But if you get too close like, to him, you can hear the screams of the thousands of souls that he's like murdered. And you're like, terrifying. And then you're like, well, not if you roll high initiative. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Honestly, I think that Barovia itself is ripe for people to add their own layers of horror into it. Right. Yes. And it's not... What they do is they give you a basic framework in the book. And that is enough to get a new DM through. Yeah, it's not enough for an experienced group. I don't think because there are people that complain about it. Like it has, everyone says that it is probably the best fifth edition book, but it is by no means perfect because there are a lot of things that can just go kind of sideways or they're they're not as effective as you want them to be. The the whole tarot card, the, the
1: tarot deck. Yeah, the tarot. Like it 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 fell flat for me at my table, but
0: yeah, it could have just been it it it's made out to be this huge big thing but then it's over by like session one or oh, you've done it you're like okay well now we're just going off finding things like you know not to do too many spoilers it doesn't need to be a thing it, there can just be some other type of divination yeah that's done
1: I like it because it's thematic and yeah. it and matches the feel that they're trying to establish and it really helps establish that tone but it 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 loses its impact
0: almost immediately. Yeah. Another thing, because Strahd is also very, Curse of Strahd, the campaign is also very vague in some ways. It never mentions ever anywhere other than the the named minions, any type of defense force that Strahd has. There's no army. There's no, like, uniformed knights or anything like that. I just put them into my campaign. Doesn't it
2: feel like he needs to have a a Death Knight? General so at his the, right the, hand, flying well, well, monkeys is,
0: or something. Yeah.
1: You, you you see characters in here that have been that have spent their entire lives, often multiple times, fighting Strahd and his armies, and then you never hear anything about his armies. Right, right. Like the whole Argonvost uh, storyline,
2: the Dusk Elves. Yeah, what the fuck is up with the Dusk Elves? They're they're a, an afterthought, another another footnote. Right, and so these are the complaints that I have. So here's my suggestion: input your horror. Throw that shit in there. You should always have, every time that a day starts, the the DM should be rolling a D10 to find out what kind of apparition, what kind of prophecy, what sort of ill omen happens around the corner. Yeah. This will happen at some point today. And you know, you'll just inject that when it comes. They turn the corner and there's a crying woman in the middle of the road and they run up to her and she fades. Yeah. But her, her crying never does. You could take and it. And shit like that. And sorry. And then sorry. I add a sanity stat. Yeah, yes, 100%. you need to have a sanity stat to deal with this appropriately.
0: You know, you could if you're going to do something divination, which it, it would start touches on a little bit with the Taroka deck and stuff. You could go. I would rather go pull inspiration from like Jumanji. Like, however you're going to do it, roll this. Here's the prophecy for today. This is what you're going to be doing. I don't with. know, man. You're Jumanji's chult. No, no, no. I mean, I don't mean like like rhinos and stampedes and stuff. I mean the idea of what comes up is what happens. Yeah. So like. Yeah, maybe day, maybe you
2: don't. Yeah, you don't roll a a d ten. Yeah. You've got the deck in front of you, and you've just assigned a different omen or vision or whatever it is to each card in your in your campaign prep ahead of time. Right, and then every day you flip a card, put it down, and it goes, "Ooh, what's that?" Oh, no. And this session you lay out what that thing That's is. how
1: you start every single session. But yeah, some
0: good, some bad, right? But because yeah. and because you don't know which is which. Players are going to do it, of course they are, but if they get a real bad one, they've got, it's going to stay until they get one to replace it.
2: Yeah, and I like the idea that um <laughs> you you let people know who gets to flip the card. That's your inspiration reward at right. the end of it, every session. And Next session, Dan's going to get to flip the card and you have the, the literal physical cards, and you know in a in a tarot deck, if you flip it upside down, that means something different. So, will Dan flip it right side up for good or upside down for evil? Oh, that's cool. So, like, you have
1: some uh, ambiguous like uh, wealth is like the card that you have, and then if it's flipped the wrong way, all your wealth's getting taken away from you. You just like,
2: don't know how or when, or it'll be threatened anyway. Yeah. Right. right? right yeah. yeah. So the and I I think that's a lot
0: of Fun. I mean, you can, it can be done as an action. Oh shit, we're fighting Rahadin, shit's going sideways, flip a card, fuck, it can't get any worse. And it, it might, or it might get a lot better.
1: I mean, it's basically the deck of many things.
0: But, yeah, but I think it's going to be more more thematic, nothing, and thematic. Nothing
1: will
2: nuclear bomb your campaign
0: like the deck of many things. Mm, mm, like
2: a Baelor. True right. story. <laughs> we ended up getting derailed out of our Curse of Strahd campaign. Because of the Deck of Many Things, it summoned a fucking Baelor, <laughs> in the murdered of the one of the players, and we had to go Hi. rescue her from the afterlife. I new DM here. <laughs> Mistakes <laughs> for me.
0: Because <Yeah. laughs> they shouldn't have it out there, because new DMs go, oh, this is the most interesting thing I've ever read in my life. Terrible. terrible. So easy to get a hold of, too. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Okay, well... Uh,
2: Alright, so for the shoutout this week... Honestly, let's just show it to everybody that we know that's played Curse of Strahd. Because I think it is legitimately the most popular one that's out there. Right. Short of the starter set. Everyone I know has played the starter set or Curse of Strahd. Usually both. Yeah. Right? So, I know that Megan is going through it right now. I know that the Zombie Knight is DMing it and it's going very well. He was messaging me on the way in today about, really? about Curse of Strahd campaign and how, like, his players are getting right up. To, they hear the screams coming from the basement in the church that's scary, let's leave. And they do, right? Which is, which is how we
1: fucked... Wow. Which, which that's, awesome. how, that's how my first
2: character died in the Chris Estrada, was well, because of the, of the screams of the bass, did it? Well, well, that's how we fucked Dan over in Call of Cthulhu as well, right? Where we got right up to the mouth of the cave. And he's like, you go, and there's this, this splayed out organs of this man that's up there that's strung up. We're like, oh, I'm out. shit, yep, let's go. And he's like, what? <laughs> what? There, there's adventure down there. But now, fuck it, we're, we're going to run from dogs. So, um... <laughs> So and but, play with way too much dynamite. Mistakes were made.
0: But, <laughs> hey, uh, we all do it. In my defense, I shot one of those dogs. Two, d- of them. two of them. You, yeah, two. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> one of them you need, didn't need to. Well, you know, people need a hobby. <laughs> it's called a show of force. <laughs> two mindless dogs. Sure, 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 sure. Rough. <laughs> oh, wolf. Uh, Okay, so no, but but Terry ran um, a great um, Curse of Strahd <laughs> campaign. Every like the the all natural twenties, which is now defunct, but but. Um it was DMZun run that and that that was famous for being just fucking off the rails. Yeah. Everyone I know has run. Uh your buddy Russell ran you guys through it, right? Yep. And he did a really fun job. He although yep. I understand that he pronounced it up Vlaki and not Valakai Look, I get it, man. His his last his last name is I almost said it out loud, is like German sounding. He should you should know this shit. No. Oh. no. But I know that uh there's talks now of Terry's maybe thinking about running it a second time. Putting it
0: together. I'm putting it together. And I'm, go- I'm going in a different direction. I'm leaning it. Uh, basically, everything that I missed last time is going to be coming in. And uh, and I think I'll do it as a set amount of sessions, probably 10 sessions. 10 sessions is a good amount for Strahd.
2: Good luck with that group, man. You're going to spend three sessions just them eating mushrooms in the fucking forest. I'll tell you that right, yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, planning planning
1: that. out a campaign to be a set amount of sessions. Stressful. It's
0: hard. But what's good about Strahd is you can just bring Strahd to them. If they're going to fuck around the forest, (laughs) it's not like you're like, no, you you have to get to the temple. That's where the dragon is. They're just, you're just like, okay, dickheads. well, now you're all high as kites and here's your vampire overlord. (laughs) Deal with it.
2: So anyway, so that's our shout out. Uh, Let us know. If you've played Curse of Strahd, you liked it, you hated it, let us know. Send us messages. Uh, Info at itsmimic.com and, of course, all the social media nonsense. So, um, which is, at this point, I think the subreddit, r slash It's a Mimic. Um, YouTube comments are big right now. And, of course, Facebook and Instagram. so, yeah. so let Or us- just email
1: us at info at mimic.com.
2: I said that one already, Dan. Well, I'm helping. Yes, you are. And you're pretty, too, Dan. You're so pretty. TikTok. <laughs> I can't. Are you advertising TikTok or are you just telling me to move fast? I faster? don't know <laughs> what the right thing is to do anymore. Okay. okay. What do, what do you call the people on TikTok? Are they TikTokers? Um, tweens. Is that what it is? No. yeah. Maybe w-
0: they
2: when they post it, have they tick tucked?
0: I think the, gener- the boys of Generation Z are certainly going to regret those perms and side fades in a few years, I think. I, know I don't know. I, right
2: I, don't, I don't regret any of my hairstyles from when I was like, this is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I've rocked this since I was... And Dan, so you're doing yeah.
0: right, man. Because every time I go through a phase of life, I look back at the last one and fucking hate it. So, <laughs> oh, such is life. Topic three: home brewing in the setting. Let's go around the table. Let's roll. Let's both. Let's both. Let's all give two one-shot ideas. Okay. Oh, all righty then. One, if you can only manage. One. I got a 19. I got a 16. And I got a 14.
1: Okay, so um, <laughs> for my campaign ideas, uh. Adam earlier mentioned the idea of the mad mage. Now, uh, to not dive into spoilers into the Curse of Strahd campaign, there is a mad mage.
2: Oh uh, yeah, they tell you on like page seven. Is it or that like, one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. want
1: I want to uh, have a one shot session to find the find the mad wizard and and solve his problems. Um, which is He's really out of tea. <laughs> well, no, it's like go retrieve his staff. Or whatever it is, yeah, right? it is. Like so, so simple one, uh, uh, one session, one-off campaign that you could plunk down in the middle of your campaign at any point in time and use the same players, same characters, right? You guys are on a journey from one city to the other for major plot threads in your normal campaign. Ooh. Here's a one one-off
2: session. Go, that's fun. Okay, can we change it, Tarek? Instead of one-offs, can we have like that thing that you add for one session in the middle of your Barovia campaign? Sure. Just because uh, that's that's really cool. Yeah. I, instead of just a
0: one-shot, like...
2: Because the thing is with...
1: Side the, quests? Well, the thing side is quests. with Barovia, also, you just kind of stumble into it, right? You're not... Yeah,
0: you're there's just different kinda, ways you can get into it, but yeah. But,
1: like, with the way we did it with my group is, like, we were walking down the road one day and all of a sudden the sun went away and we were stuck here.
0: That's about the laziest way you can get into it, but sure.
1: But it's still a possible way of doing it. And having your party just, like, stumble into it and... Find the one character who could get them out, but he's gone crazy, so you gotta have help him find his sense of self and his memories and they and he can pull you back out. Done. That's a great one shot.
0: Yeah.
1: Adam?
2: No, I'm last. Terry's next. Okay. Um,
0: I like I oh, hey, spoiler alert in three, two, one. Hey, when you defeat Strahd, Barovia goes away, right, collapses on itself and blah, 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 whatever you want to happen. You can do it in different ways. I like the idea of not necessarily a sequel, but kind of like a mini sequel of that has happened somewhere by somebody else. And Barovia is collapsing in on itself and essentially a timed race where you have 24 hours to get from one side to the other, because that's where the escape is. And you're essentially running the maze, so to speak, to get through the villages. So it's just going to be. Some random encounters, some not-so-random encounters, but it's going to be limited. It's basically resource management over this 24-hour period. The, the the mists are coming and collapsing in, and you're trying to get from one side to the other. To That's how out.
2: you should just end your, your straw campaign. It's just, the,
0: it's just the run for the game. It,
2: yeah, get the fuck out. Yeah. The, the, the nothing is coming from the never-ending story. Yeah. And like It is disappearing into oblivion.
1: How quick, though, because you are going to be super drained of all of your abilities at the end of... Of Strahd
2: you have you have 24 hours to get to get through in game but you've got villagers that need to be saved npcs that you need to go get right like there's there's shit to do not to mention riches like you have got a whole castle to loot yeah Yeah. right so maybe you can take an eight hour or you can try to get that catnap spell in or something just to get up on your feet again because you got a mad race to get to the place where you came in
0: Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's all different ways you can kind of replenish and stuff. But, uh, yeah, that mad race, that's what I'm looking for. Anybody got another one? Oh, you. Um. So
2: we've got a lot of werewolves, and we also have hags and witches. Right. And lycanthropy is technically a curse. I would like you to remove the werewolves. This is the thing that you do. You fight the hags, and instead of killing them, you need to get the remove curse, the special, like, and the lycanthropy. And it gets rid of all of the werewolves and all of the were-ravens. So, late in the game, if you're going to inject it, you just clean up the lycanthropy out of Barovia. Right. Cool. I love it. Um, love it. Another
1: one-shot idea I have is uh, solving the mass murder in Valakai. Uh, Valakai. Right. There we go. Solving the mass murderer, uh, like the crimes of the mass murder of, of Valakai. It was Strahd. Right? No. It was no. Jacques the Repairer. Well, or something like that. Like, you have that feel. You have that potential, like, um, Victorian-era slasher in the shadows and in the mists feel inside of uh, Valakai. And um, for those of you who aren't looking at a map, Valakai has a massive lake that's just above it. And having, like, the scene of the one guy on the boat dropping bodies into just, the lake. I got a story leaving. about that. Yeah, I just like, realized right, no, which is an actual thing. plot thread in Cursive Strong. And
0: I gotta tell you this fucking story.
1: I know I'm done. Like doing the like solving that and then ending it by like making him pay for his dexter way of hiding bodies like So these
0: fuckers on the camera <laughs> are on the edge of the lake.
1: Uh for those on podcast land, uh Terry just
2: gestured wildly solely towards Adam. Adam,
0: and the rest of the party, I remember, (laughs) Uh, This
2: was me and Jamie, specifically. We fucked this this up pretty good. So they
0: get to the edge of the lake, and I describe, obviously, there's the gentleman in the distance, and I say, he seems like he's lifting something heavy off the boat, and then he is splashing. What is he
2: doing with my dick? (laughs) So. So they're
0: like, fucking whatever, he's fishing or something. So one of these... Chuckle brothers. <laughs> so it's It was Is it Jamie? a rock or yeah, something. Yeah, something. I think crits on it. So it knocks, smashes this guy in the head. Like, boom. Catastrophic head wound. Falls into the water and drowns. Well, wait for it.
2: Because I had uh, Water Walk as a spell because I was a cleric. I am running across the lake. I'm a dwarf, 25 foot around. So I'm running across the lake. I dive down. I get the guy. Yeah. And I like drag him back up and revivify to bring him back to be like, oh my God, we can't kill this poor man. He was just fishing. And drag him back up into the
0: boat. Revivify him. Everybody else question him.
2: Everybody else shows
0: up. They start swimming Everybody over. else shows up. Investigation checks, whatever. I forget how they do it. Talk to them. Revivify him. Yeah, that's right. You revivify him, so yeah. he comes back. Figure out that he was—he had killed somebody who was dumping a body, so they fucking drowned him again. Oh, <laughs> never mind then. Splash. <laughs> drown there him. Revivify him. He's like, thank God. Find out what he did and drown him again. <laughs> and that's the
2: team that I was playing Strahd with. This was the same campaign where I did. I asked Terry, do you think lungs are an open container? And he went, sure. Where are you going with this? New DM. Said, Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, crater destroy water so you can create a certain amount of water inside any open like 10 gallons of water inside any open container so I have, like the shopkeeper that they just robbed and like he was freaking out and screaming and trying to defeat everybody I just created water and his lungs fucker drowned on dry Drowning. land and then I felt bad about it and Casper Vivified brought it back. <laughs> I thought I'm,
0: they were just going to make like a water skin from like one of the dead animals or something that was around. I was like, oh yeah, you guys can make a water skin out of lungs. that counts as an open yeah. no open condition. Yeah,
1: uh, Players always have more devious intentions and than that you was, assume. This
0: was when I was introduced to Adam. As a <laughs> that, was, I, that was,
2: I think, the first big thing that I did in that campaign. Yeah, like
0: yeah. they were in Barovia going to the shop to like get supplies or something. This Jeez. is Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good times.
0: Yeah, next one for me. No, the spoiler alert. Hey, look, if you haven't played Curse of Strahd, just don't listen to this podcast, okay? Or listen to this, it this episode. Everything. This episode, not the podcast <laughs> entirely.
1: This also should have come before an hour and a half into the yes. episode.
0: There's, there's an one of the more famous NPCs is Irina, and Irina reminds Strahd of his beloved Tatiana, and so he's obsessed with turning Irina into. A vampire. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yep. Uh, I, for one shot, I like the idea of you are working for Strahd and your job is to go and retrieve Irina. Yeah, could be an evil campaign. Maybe not. Maybe it's just more of a neutral campaign. Okay? He's paying the money. We need He will person. let you
2: free if you just go get his long lost love. 100%. And you don't tell them that she is, like, like she has been kidnapped by her brother. Go bring her back. Buddy. Yep. Right. And so they don't know that they're working for the bad guy.
0: Exactly. But you give them whatever is valuable to the players. This you might this one shot might be setting them up for their full campaign that you're gonna run later and they need all the MacGuffins and supplies and gold or whatever because it's gonna make their next game great. Yeah. So how far will they go? Probably too far. Well, probably they're players, far. yeah, yep. absolutely.
2: So my last one is probably not a one shot. Honestly, this is gonna run a little bit long. It may be two or three sessions. Or frankly, I would litter my Barovia campaign with these guys. The Sorrow Sworn from Mordenkainen's—I fucking love these guys. Mm. They're not undead, but they really feel like they are. They focus in on what well, their names—the Lonely, the Hungry, the Angry—like they they focus in on one negative emotion that people have, and then they they hunt them the
0: fuck down. What's their names? The,
2: they're the Sorrow Sworn. The Here. Lonely,
0: yeah, the Hungry, yeah. the Angry.
2: There are, I want to say five or so six of my them. The angry, the hungry, the lonely, the lost, and the wretched. Yeah. And they're all horrific Shadowfell type creatures that are varying different challenge ratings. I think from one quarter is the wretched up to thirteen is the angry. Yeah. So and they will run out, they will fuck your life up. These
1: things have that definite uh um uh fucking pinhead
2: oh the Cenobite
1: yeah they have Cenobite feel to them
2: yeah they feel they these guys feel like almost if the Shadowfell had their version of demons it would be these guys yeah. the, the things that they are spawning the Shadowfell spawned its own essence into creatures it would be the Sorosworn I like the idea of you hearing the lost calling out for help in the mists as you're walking down the road between villages right and do you go help that lost voice out there yeah. When you're lost, these guys find you, right? Yeah. So great random encounter,
0: though. Did yeah, and,
2: and, and that that's the thing is when your character feels angry, the angry shows up. When your guys are hungry, the hungry shows up. Oh, I love it. When you're feeling like the wretched show up, and you're feeling wretched, and they're CR quarter, and they come in fucking groups, like packs, and they latch on and like chew away at you. Yeah. These things are badass. I love the Soros sworn, and I want to see them all the way through Barovian campaigns. Right. But I think that maybe if there's one or two of them, you could hunt them down and end them for some reward. Yeah. Or just have all
1: five of them and just have like the lists that you have to go through. Yeah. Right.
2: Checking it off as you go. And maybe these were the five previous uh, party members that tried to fight Strahd. Oh, I like that. Or or Hags or someone. Right. And he cursed them down into it. Oh, you
1: make an entire campaign out of this because then you're like investigating the, the vices that they fell to. In order to draw them
2: out. Yeah, there's so much good stuff about the Sorosworn and they fit Barovia perfectly. This is why I said, Dan, I love Barovia because it's dark and oppressive and evil. And I think when you set up camp in Barovia, that is when things need to become light and jovial. And if you have a bard or even a halfling or someone in the party, they should sit down and it should be their job to roll for morale. Right. To try to have a performance check or persuasion or just try to make people feel better. This is where you roll to maybe get your sanity stat back up. Yeah. right? And you're going to bring your party together. Yeah. And, and um, every time that you have a long rest, one person on the table has to tell a story from their character's childhood. Yeah, like just it. to make everything a little bit happier. And then you have their whole backstory when that person gets turned into a vampire nine sessions from now. Right? Like, it's it, it's going to feel personal. It's going to feel dark. And that's my other problem with, with Barovian Curse of Strahd is we don't give a shit about the main characters. Yeah. The main characters did nothing wrong to get into this scenario in the first place. They were walking down the road or they entered a house to help children. They were wrong place, wrong time. And our favorite our favorite heroes are the ones where something bad happened to them. Right. right. They're going to try to save or fix or help. That's not what the players do in Curse of Strahd. They're just... there. Yeah. They just showed up, and they, they walked into a village, and I was like, help. And they're like, okay, yeah. there's no real fucking motivation until Strahd shows up the first time with big, hairy, nutsack. And I'm like, oh, I hate that guy. Let's fucking kill him.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's a
2: vampire, right? <laughs> What's the name of this campaign? <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: Strain. The curse of straight. Exactly. Yeah, I like the idea, lifting the morale during camp. I like to use NPCs to do that sort of stuff as well, whether it's like... I have seen you with,
2: with NPCs lifting morale, Terry, and that's I can't <laughs> recommend that to the average listener.
1: I know, some people
2: are into it. Yeah. Again, pepperina comes to mind. On this
0: <laughs> Let's go same order. Let's talk two campaign ideas. Oh, Down same screen. order. Well, we can roll if you want to roll. Let's roll, roll for That's, it. All right. I got a nine. Five. I got a
2: 19. You going Ca- first. A campaign idea? Yes. Alright, so I want to take Strahd, and I want to really dig into the curse that Strahd has on him. And then I want them to show up maybe through some sort of haunted house and slowly unveil the fact that there's this curse that exists and reveal what's going on with his brother and his lost love and he's trying to get this woman Irina, to, to be there to to and they've they've got to rescue her and keep her safe and and they've got to run around all the different villages and solve a handful of small mysteries and crimes and run into a whole bunch of gothic horror level stuff and in the end have to fight and kill Strahd. Mm-hmm. Right. So your campaign idea is, is to good. run the Curse of Straw. Is that what just happened? <laughs> yeah. I'm,
0: I'm waiting for the next bit. I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. yeah. yeah. Uh, no, and, no. And, uh, honestly,
2: my my big thing is I want to deal with the Dracolich that is Argenbost. Okay. We never have. We don't have. We had dragon campaigns all the time. We don't get Dracolich campaigns. Right. And this Terry, you ran this so well in our campaign. He was a good dragon who is now dead. And even though that he's infected with the Shadowfell and stuff, and that like he's dangerous now, and he's twisted and he hates Strahd, he's still there's a glimmer of goodness to him. And the idea of resurrecting Argonvost maybe you don't need to kill Strahd, maybe you need to just resurrect and redeem Argonvost. Mm-hmm. So I would take the Curse of Strahd campaign setting, I would remove Strahd from it as having this aloof thing over that You guys will never kill, yeah, you just won't resurrect the Draculich return him to power, give him an army, get him the items that he needs, and send him off. Save He can save the land. Right. You guys will be his generals, his his captains on the battlefield and shit from there. And that way your enemies are Rahadin and Baba Lisega. And, and
0: you get to explore some of the others a little bit more. They get, yeah. they get missed, they get overlooked because you're so focused on Strahd and his tower somewhere. But if
2: you were to take kind of like the Horcrux idea... From um, from Voldemort and say you know all of these different lieutenants each have one part of Argonvost's soul. Bring him back. Yeah, yeah. Then you get to go essentially redeem the Silver Dragon,
0: and then you get to have a lot of very different encounters because those uh those um, lieutenants are are also very different. Yeah, be great. Oh, I like that. Dan, no, it's me. Shut up. Uh Actually, no. <laughs> no, it's, no, it is no, Dan. Dan, you?
1: continue. You got a five. Uh, so, I got a nine. Um Justice for Dan. Anyways, the campaign idea I would love to have is I want to have an urban campaign inside of Barovia. Specifically inside of the largest town in Barovia, which is Vallaki. No, Valakai, it, it fucking isn't. Vallaki. But um, there is this uh dark... Eastern European feel of uh like the the I'm gonna say this wrong as well, the Burgermeisters.
0: I say Burgermeisters, I don't know.
1: Anyways, uh the 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 leadership of the town is clearly doing something evil and having a full campaign of just dealing with the interpolitics of these old families that have lived here in the city for centuries, and now you are the party that is like kinda of invading and are the catalyst for a bunch of these old tensions of these families coming against each other to fight and to explode. And you're uncovering mass murderers. And, and uh, you're kind of playing th- like the crime families of Gotham just inside of uh, the La- uh, Valakai. So like having a campaign, urban campaign with this feel, because I feel a lot of urban campaigns often... Go a little bit higher in the fantasy. I want to do a lower
0: fantasy urban campaign. I like that. I like the idea of Gotham. That Gotham inspiration. Yeah. That's well,
2: good. Well, frankly, there's not a whole lot of room for crazy Wizards Tower level nonsense in Barovia. That's not what this is. That's, no. That's Dungeon of the Mad Mage. You're yeah. going to Waterdeep. You're going to... And 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 the thing is, with Waterdeep as well, is it's a
1: fucking metropolis. It's yeah.
2: goddamn huge.
1: Valakai
2: isn't.
0: No.
1: Valakai has... It. I mean, it's a it's a city. It is a, it is a larger town, but it, it's it is something your entire party could get their heads wrapped around, and you spend an entire campaign knowing every single person in the city.
0: Yeah, I like it. I really like it. Um, I'm going to lean it. My Curse of Stride campaign ended up becoming this military assault on Ravenloft that I was not expecting, but you know, DM just rolled with it and yeah. made it happen. I I like the idea of of that that military struggle being in Barovia, but I would take it even further. I would have, like... Think of it as, like, the Empire and the Rebels. Like, they hold Barovia and Kresk. We hold Valakai. We have our strongholds up. We have our scouts out. And dealing with the different things that would go on... Essentially, it's going to become, like, Westeros in Barovia. Stick with that dark campaign. Yeah, Yeah, Where you have... It's not necessarily the forces themselves that are going to win this campaign. It's not the military forces. It's going to be the intrigue. It's going to be the backstabbing with the allies and and and, and again, removing Strad as just being he's over there somewhere. But today we're focusing on on this and having a yeah a big kind of military campaign where this small party has to use their brains a little bit to to win.
1: I I like oh, sorry no 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 I was gonna say I like the idea of using Strad. Strad, yeah, I'm getting to you, Dan. Uh, also,
2: it, I had to look it up because I'm like, is it Burgermeister? It's, it's, it's Strad. It's Burgomaster. Burgomaster, um, okay. of course. Um, so I like the idea of using Strad as
1: a mythic level threat. The entirety of Barovia, no, he's there. No, he like it, it's not a question, right? He, but he, due to inactivity on his behalf, on his part, has become this. Almost uh the creature the parents tell their kids to go to sleep at night. Right. Right? That's the level of threat he is. So having this whole political intrigue thing that you have, and then Strahd sees that the political climate of his realm has changed enough where he's like, Alright, I'm done moping. It's time to come out there and make my presence known. And then he is now doing the same thing as your party is halfway through the campaign. But now he's pulling people back to him who you once thought were allies who were, you know, beholden to Strahd. But because he's been this mythic level thing for a while, you've managed to bring them back to a side of good. But now Strahd reappears and they're tempted to go back. Yeah. To, like it just, the political intrigue there is brilliant.
0: Mm-hmm. Love it. Who's next, Adam?
2: Yeah. So I got a question. What do vampires drink? People. The answer is people. Yeah. <laughs> They drink people? They drink people. They, they straight up fucking eat people. Brad Pitt lived off
1: rats for a long time.
0: That's right.
2: Let's, yeah, it was always perfect. What a, what a he werewolf. He was also in a
0: movie where he drank rats. And her name is Angelina Jolie, by the way. Oh. What, the, what do werewolves eat? People. People. Okay. Hearts, specifically. Where
2: are all of these fucking people coming from in the small valley of Barovia? When a bunch of people are sad and locked into their houses, all they do is fuck. Welcome to 2020. They don't, they, don't
0: have, they don't have souls. They don't feel emotion. Yeah, this is fucking... My campaign idea is COVID-19. <laughs> so, Everyone's self
2: No Fucking self-isolating. All right, so you have this beautiful book that you've read a handful of times. You've played a campaign. You're here with, with um, new, well, maybe the same players again. And you come to Barovia, and Barovia is empty. It is a ghost town. And you are running a haunted house... But like you have an entire valley in Barovia. Oh. Yeah. Everything is ghosts and phantoms and apparitions. You find the desiccated corpses of werewolves that have been beheaded with silvered weapons and um the the windmill is just absolutely horrific. It is um poltergeist level of blood dripping down the walls, and like this whole thing is the whole area is now. Completely and and totally devoid of any semblance of life. And the gates that lead up to Castle Ravenloft are open and the castle is empty. Hmm. There's no one here. Walk around and see. And so here's, here's the mystery. Here's what it comes down to. Our crazy mad mage character has uh, teamed up with, let's say, Madame Eva. Mm-hmm. And they have their cult where they have systematically routed all of the monsters out by using decoys. And so they have burned down buildings. Strahd went in to to get Irina, and they just burnt down the building with Irina in it. Holy shit. Took care of Strahd. It got dark. The bottom of the lake is full of corpses. What? And the temple has a chamber underneath where this mage and Madame Eva and a handful of surviving cultists are still there, trying to to finish off and, and find a way to get released from here. Strahd died. Doesn't mean that the curse necessarily has to end. Mm-hmm. or Strahd is still alive, and they are slowly draining him of blood, trying to cast dark magic with it. Oh, holy
0: shit. Well, you went next level, didn't
2: you? Well, that is the horror <laughs> campaign that I want. You walk in thinking you're playing Curse of Strahd, and you are fucking not. This is the dark version... This is the darkest timeline of Curse of Strahd, mm-hmm. right? Where Strahd lost, and here we go. Like He is sitting there. He is awake. There is a stake that has not pierced his heart but is resting against it and every once in a while someone just comes over and flicks the end of the stake just to watch his eyes go wide and he screams as they do bloodletting ceremonies to try to get a portal out. Nobody knows killing Strata will let them free. Yeah. Hmm. Right? So have abandoned empty buildings rotten crops, right? You can't escape into the mist. Not, Where did everyone go? Not to mention all of the spiritless undead roaming in hordes. Yeah, absolutely. I would have a I would have a legit zombie horde that is constantly moving. And if you've got any sort of divination or even just a ranger that's that's good enough, they would know where the horde is and that you could track it on the map. Yep. So that you can't go to these areas at these times and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. But you would you would be able to set up your base in Castle Ravenloft. Yeah. That'd be great.
0: That'd be awesome.
2: But it's also a haunted fucking castle. There are also catacombs underneath full of, like, mummified desiccated corpses. And, and like, that would be so dark and fun to play that campaign. Yeah. And it still fits Barovia. Yeah. Cool. I like it. Um, My campaign
1: idea um, for Barovia is to not play in Barovia.
2: Um, (laughs) Typical. Typical Dan.
1: No, I... I like the idea. You said that Barovia was the first of these uh, demi planes in the Shadowfell that were created by these. I don't know if it was the first, but it's the primary lords. one that we know yeah. of. Right. Yeah. I want to have a campaign where you were exploring these things and it directly involves the influence of these Dark Lords and actually using them, figuring out who they are.
2: And, and I have a suggestion for that. If anybody's like, well, what do you mean? There's no notes. Yeah. Uh, Shazam. Because in the Rock of Eternity, they have the seven deadly sins yes i would have these seven dark or i would have the dark lords be the seven deadly sins probably not going to go to the realm of lust but you can think about about like well
1: if you think of like the shadowfell being the negative side of everything the realm of lust wouldn't just be a constant orgy right it would be why you have to ruin everything i love dan it would be desire unmet
2: well, isn't right. that also avarice and and gluttony and whatnot? Like, I feel like the three of those all go hand in hand. It's really but the same. But each of them would
1: have their own demi-plane that you would have to kind of... You know how... Uh, spoilers for this. If if you free Argon the light kind of comes into Barovia. Was that a plot thread in your guys' campaign?
2: No, we literally rose him from the dead and rode him into battle.
1: Cool. Anyways. <laughs> um... <laughs> bringing light to Barovia, like bringing some sort of holy essence, bringing some sort of clarity, some hope into the, into Barovia is a major plot thread through Curse of Strahd. Doing that for each of these different realms and your party is, um, I don't know, man. I like the I mad still- mage is always the one I go to who spoilers. Three, two, one more kind. Um, <laughs> what? what?
2: No, seriously, we knew
0: that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Fucking dumb. It's like of the two people you should know. <laughs> Anyways, um, having him, create the doorways for you to get through to those places and like he's kind of the one at him at even, or Mata Mata Eva, or different
2: or, doors in death house or different
1: doors in yeah yeah that just open up into a different plane right I, there's so much you could do with it and it's it's ripe with possibility for a nice fun campaign uh,
2: that that still sounds to me like we're going to the realm of lust where everyone is like uh i need but i can't get and so we provide hope by just throwing them a, a literal bone
1: well no i i you would have to match the tone that you've set with you could run curse of
2: straw as sure the, set that tone
1: no you could run curse of straw as it is and then at level 10 when you have you know cleanse curse of straw instead of it becoming this you know Demiplane that sucks in on itself and goes away because the curse is over. It is now light. Everyone gets their souls back. Uh, the world moves on to a better place. And you base Barovia as your uh, you know base of operations to go to these other places and liberate them. And you're basically building a country piece by piece. And these country these places just reappear on the material plane
2: in the middle of the ocean somewhere. And you are putting them together. Like, well, the Spell Plague wiped out entire parts of the map. So, And I mean, I know that technically Barovia was about 300 years before the Spell Plague. But eh, you do what you need to do to make it fit. You could rebuild some of the Forgotten Realm. You really could.
0: Yeah, I love it. Terry, do you have a last one? Yeah, my last one is... Um, can, it's, can
2: it be on the Realm of Lust? Like, this, this Plane of Lust is going to be the thing that I'm going sure, to. Sure, yeah. yeah.
0: Whatever. Plane of Lust is fine. I basically just wanted to flip it in that uh, you've been brought to Barovia... Uh, to be employed by Strahd to protect Strahd because the citizens are uprising, it's all torches and pitchforks, or it's uh, clerics coming, or Davas are getting involved, or something. And your your role for Strahd, you can have your bits. What
1: is there a Frankenstein
0: level monster in Curse of Strahd? No,
2: there's no flesh golem, as far as I know. There no. needs to be, there should be, right? We yeah. can
0: do it, there's no reason why not. But you're, like, you can have your base of operations again within Ravenloft.
2: More importantly, the Plane of Lust should be on top God of a mountain. God fucking no. should what? be on the top of a mountain because that way the Plane of Lust has the Mile High Club. Because it's a Plane of he's not Lust. Going to, he's not going to Fuck, It's Dan. I'm talking about fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Dan. 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 <laughs> no, you
1: don't need to maintain that hard eye contact with me <laughs> when Bumping you say the word ugly, fucking.
0: Bumpling gothic uglies. Bumpling? Bumpling. Bumpling, Bumpling gothic uglies. Getting, God damn right. Getting nuts deep in goth guts. God. Damn That's it for this week's episode on Barovia. <laughs> Unless anybody has any final thoughts, because that was mine. And well, this uh,
2: shit now, <laughs> god damn it. Okay, no, okay, so so here's... here's if you say the words plane of lust one more time...
0: There's got to be a joke about, because it's... Okay, I'm thinking religion, vampires, priests, lights out missionary, there's something there.
2: I don't know, man, I'm having none of it.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, no, so
2: here's, here's my thought, my final thought on Barovia. I like it as a setting more than I like it for Curse of Strahd. Mm. I like Curse of Strahd. I do. I don't think they delivered on what they could have with horror. Mm-hmm. I agree. And there are a lot of... The plane of sloth would suck. Everybody shows up and is just kind of sitting there. Yep. Maybe maybe, maybe not the Seven Deadly Sins. No, I, I think there is a way you could you could flavor them so that
1: they work very well. I like the idea of the Seven Deadly Sins.
2: Anyway, no, my, my big thing about Barovia is that there are a lot of different ideas... You're talking, about there's no, <clears throat> there's no Frankenstein monster. There's also no creature of the Black Lagoon, and you could very easily bump up a Sawajin to come out of the lake, right? To be some creepy, like go, go to the old uh, Universal monsters, right? Yeah. And really, uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hydra. <laughs> no. Love it. No, all right. So, Jacqueline and
0: Hyde type character in general just needs to be in there, right?
2: Yeah, and Zach can just be your solo werebear who just happens to be evil. Yeah. And everyone's looking to the werewolves, that you know, but it's, no, it's just the baker. Yeah. Who fucking knows it, too, and every once in a while just just drinks that potion that gives him, that turns him into a werebear for the next seven hours. Yeah. Uh, One of the most horrifying things is, like, the Invisible Man
1: you could pull on. Yeah, yeah you've got the Phantom mummy.
2: Stalkers. Yeah, you literally have mummy lords.
1: You literally have mummy lords. Yeah. Right? Like, for me, I go to, like, movies. Like, go to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen.
2: Pull from that as well. well like the Universal Monsters. That and the
1: Universal yeah. Monsters, yeah. The, but, like, you the, could go, there's a great white... Decaying whale in the in the um, river to the north as well, and just go with like that
2: Jules Verne feel Directly as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I like. To, okay, I'm gonna say a word, and I need you guys to just move past it, okay? okay. And the word is organist. Are we done? Can we move forward? Because I'm gonna go right back to the plane of nope. Okay. So, so that's you, my that's my porn name. You could have. I'm organist. He's gonna tell a
0: story, about a 12 inch pianist. <laughs> you,
2: you could have a Phantom of the Opera. Oh, style God, yes. character Holy that shit. that lives in the catacombs and just plays organ music for Castle Ravenloft. Yeah, and Strahd knows shit is up when the music stops.
0: Right, like there's a lot of shit you can just do. Full like Grimtail, like Sleepy Hollow type shit. Yeah, like, absolutely. Where's
2: the headless horseman running around throwing pumpkins at people? Hundred percent. Yeah, he's getting that jack o' lantern right off his shoulders and he's throwing that. Yeah, and just like that's that's a lot of fun. I want to see more of this, and we're not getting it. We should have a ghost ship on that fucking lake. The Mary Celeste. It, the Flying Dutchman should hover 100 feet above the lake.
0: I love it. I need some uh, Van Helsing Cape back and sail in there as well. If we can. That's a different kind of game. Okay. That's the Plane of Lust again. Yeah. Plane of Lust. Plane of Lust. Dan, final thoughts before we wrap this sucker up.
1: Um, honestly, Adam, I'm, I'm going to echo these uh, feelings here where it's they try to do a thing and... F- just missed the mark i get right? it missed the mark yeah yeah
0: because vampires yeah but because um, physical, the mists of fucking Baroque. You... do you know what saved them in my opinion is the physical boundaries they missed the yes. mark but because there's physical boundaries everybody just went i'll just fucking do it my way <laughs> it's yeah. fine nobody's getting out so it's okay yeah we want
2: that's the other thing too like i really do feel like that Barovia needs to feel environmental and thematic all of the time. Yeah. If you're just having another session of D&D in Barovia, you're not doing it right. There needs to be murders of crows that make no noise, that are thousands strong, that blot out the parts of the sky and shit, right? Or you hear a murder of crows, but you do not see them. Yeah. There always needs to be some some voice um, calling out from, from the mists in the woods. You should, never, you should never get a good night's sleep if you're on watch. If you take watch that night, you know that you're going to see or hear some horrific shit. You're going to look up across the campfire and see yourself looking back.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And you're going to blink and it won't be there anymore. Just, and there should just be shit like that all the
0: time. Just like, or you're on watch and you you meet an NPC. It's just a ghost that you don't know. Yep. You just have a whole role play interaction goes away, and then the whole thing in the morning, but he's been dead for 20 years. Oh, not
2: even that. He just comes up. The next night, someone else is on watch He shows up at the same time and does it again. Yeah. He does it again, and every time they come on this road that they're going to be on a lot, every time they do it, he shows up and he has the exact same um, interaction over and over and over again. Yeah. Just some generic platitudes and then moves on. You know, you got to be careful tonight. It looks like it's going to be unreasonably cold. And then he just moves on. And then the next night it's the same thing. Yeah. Same phrase, same way, and he just keeps moving on. You see the lantern coming. But if you go find the lantern before he's at this place, it's a will-o-wisp. Yeah. But in this area, he's a ghost with a lantern, mm. right? Like shit like that. That's you, so cool. We gotta think about horror for Barovia. Yeah. And it's all it's all in the environment theme.
0: We sitting on top of your your car buggy thing, like Polar Polar Express, you know, with the little fire yeah. and stuff yep. like that. Yeah.
2: Uh, I've I am so fucking into this. I also just want there to be like Cthulhu monsters moving in the mist. Yeah, I'm like, why why are we not having Cthulhu and Old God? Well, because but, it's the Shadowfell, and that's not what the Shadowfell is. The Shadowfell—that's uh, what the outer realms are. Yeah, but the
1: Shadowfell is a is a uh, echo plane. It is it is a of the prime material of plane the prime then. material plane. So if you're going to have
2: cultists of, but Le- but Barovia specifically is a demi plane where. There's one way in and out. You're not necessarily having elder gods walking above. Yeah, but once
1: you weaken that barrier after
2: solving the Strahd
1: problem, Cthulhu coming in and being like, oh, look, a nice little home for me, and that's your next leg, works. Having a whole thread of or, or or going off of those Lovecraftian monsters, right? It fits the theme. It
0: fits the tone very well. Yeah. That's it for this week's episode on Barovia. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as dozens of other podcast apps. You can also find us at www.itsamimic.com or email us at info at Thanks for listening to the It's a Mimic podcast and make sure to check us out on next week's episode when we're covering half-orcs and orcs as playable races. Nope, got to do that one again, where we're covering halflings. Thanks for listening to the It's a Mimic podcast and make sure to check us out next week when we're covering halflings. <laughs> You've reached
1: the end of another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. Connect with us at itsamimic.com. Don't forget to subscribe and hit those share buttons. Thanks for listening, and see you next week.
0: Dan, would you rather be a vampire or a werewolf? Same question to Adam. Oh, werewolf. You know do you understand how this show works? Oh, do we
2: roll dice? You fuck. I got an eight. I got an eight. I got a three. You got an eighteen, Terry. You go first. Oh,
0: I'm You're, the gray one. We're
1: wearing the same shirts as the dice. That's right. I'm yeah. wearing
0: the gray shirt. I'd rather be a werewolf. In all honesty, why? A little bit more primal. I'm into it. Like I don't. Yeah, I feel like. And if you just wanted the fangs out, you just kind of ten percent transform. A little bit okay. Just stick the fangs if, out. A if, if we're
1: going to talk about ten percent transform.
2: Um, what level of control are we talking here for werewolves and for right. vampires? Well, how much control do you need? He asks the man with the furniture.
0: Um, I think. Oh well, I want All full control. I want full control, or I'm not doing it. There it is. I I mean, name of my sex tape. There it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I no, I'd, I'd agree with you, but for me, the 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 stereotypical view of like the Bella Lugosi. Uh, Dracula and and the fuck his name Did you skin. mean lugosi Legosi fuck. Yes. Um and um like the traditional universal wolfman um the idea of not really being held accountable to my evil actions because it's not really me as the wolfman, sure man. Like I I Give me that night of freedom.
0: I think we just... Let me
1: wake up naked in a field next to a bloody cow. Again.
0: Again. I think I know what you're going to do if the purge is ever real. I think you think that you won't, but I think that you will. Go on a murderous rampage? Yeah. 100%. Or something. I've got a list. Just start off. Just Adam? (laughs) Vampires get minions. Fair one. Yep. There it is. It's all I need. Man. Minions.
2: By the way... By the way, I have it from very good sources from a lot of people that have been telling me that the uh, the movement against Pumpkin Spice is just in full swing right now. There are about 30 people that are messaging me on a regular basis saying Pumpkin Spice is back, and we're raging against it and telling our friends. So, Minions, this is I will be a vampire.
0: There's concentration camps in China, and we've got a movement, an online movement, against Pumpkin Spice lattes. If you, you don't like them don't fucking drink them. If you can topple this
2: capitalistic idea of the pumpkin spice latte we'll we'll get to it. This is just phase 1. Yeah. All right, by phase 8 we're we're dismantling concentration camps. And by phase 11, we're going to get Dan some hair plugs for the top of his head. Nah, that'll never happen. Fair one.
0: And by the way, people, if you're in this movement, I don't know if you are fucking aware of how marketing works, but Starbucks wants nothing more than for you to do hashtag pumpkin spice latte all over the internet. They're, they, You are literally their best friend right now.
2: No, 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 no. What we're doing is we are saving the jack-o'-lanterns. Oh. That is what this is. This has nothing to do with pumpkin spice latte. That, like, that's just basic bitch bullshit that they're spoon-feeding the average person. It this comes down this this goes after. I would love like to have pumpkin right, so.
1: pies
0: spoon fed to me by basic bitches. Yeah, I'd I'd rather have basic bitches spoon fed to me inside of pumpkin pie.
2: I know. No. Whoa, whoa. Uh I'm telling you, I'm telling you. It, it 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 starts with the pumpkin spice latte, and and it's all gone downhill. And I'm telling you that that this it marks the end. The last time that the that the economy crashed, the recession was also in the pumpkin spice latte it became popular. Really? Yes. The, are, are are the two things related? I'm not saying yes, but I'm not saying no. Thank you for listening to an It's a Mimic production. <laughs>
0: okay, you're done, good. <laughs>